Hey friends, welcome to the Love Intently Podcast, where each week I bring you relationship experts, inspiring couples, and first-class relationship thought leaders from around the world. I'm on a mission to explore what exactly makes love last and to empower a generation to have strong relationships. I'm your host, Sophie Kwok, the chief love enthusiast who believes that relationships are the most important part of our lives. Hi friends, today's interview is with Kimberly Holmes, the CEO of Marriage Helper, where they are known for their world-class workshops that have helped thousands of couples in crisis turn their marriage around. And not to mention that most couples that come to the workshops have experienced infidelity and 70 plus percent of them stay together afterwards. During our conversation, she shares the research behind what they do and their research-backed formula behind falling and staying in love. Welcome to the podcast, Kimberly Holmes. It's such a pleasure to have you here. Oh, Sophie, thank you so much for asking me. I really appreciate that. I'm glad we were finally able to connect. Me too. I am very excited to chat with you, mostly because of your own story and journey, but also the incredible work that you do and all of the hundreds, if not thousands of couples that you have served up until now. I'm so excited to dive in. But first, I would love to for our audience to get to know you a little bit better, where you're from, how you kind of got into this work, what your passion is, and yeah, let's just hear a little bit more about you. Yeah, absolutely. So me and my husband, we live in Franklin, Tennessee, which is just a little south of Nashville right now. If you're from anywhere else in America, you probably know us by our hot chicken, which is (laughs) hot. That's all I have to say. I had it for the first time two days ago. I've lived in Nashville since I was 12 years old and I've never had hot chicken because it actually wasn't really a thing until recently. But um, anyway, so that's where we live in Nashville. It's super fun. My husband and I have been married for almost eight years now, and we are in the middle of adopting two kids from India, which is super, super exciting. We, We love that right now. So that's where we are, which is its own story in and of itself. But yeah, so I've been working with Marriage Helper for about six years now, and I got involved with Marriage Helper actually because of my parents' story. So my parents, before I was born, um, they had been married for about 15 years, and at that 15-year mark, my dad actually divorced my mom, and they were divorced for three years. And I have two older sisters who were alive for this. They were six years old and nine years old during the divorce process, and so My parents were divorced for three years. At the end of that three years, my dad realized he'd made a huge mistake. He wanted his family back. And so he went back to my mom and he asked her to take him back. And she had to think about it, but she eventually did take him back. They got remarried. And after their remarriage to each other, they had me. And so one of the the things they wanted to do with their story and their experience is they wanted to help other people who were in the same kind of situation where their marriage wasn't going well, other things were happening, communication breakdown, and which can eventually lead to even more things like affairs and people just completely disconnecting, separation. They wanted to help those people with their own testimony and their own story. And so they actually founded this organization 20 years ago. And since then, they, through a lot of scientific research, my dad has a PhD in 
um, human sexuality, actually, and uh, or it's technically biomedical sciences, but um, from the University of Sydney. So he's an absolute amazing researcher. He developed this three-day workshop that has been studied from independent researchers and has been found that our workshop has a 77% success rate at saving marriages. Now, this workshop, the marriages that come to it are the ones, a lot of them are where they're only coming because one spouse has said, okay, I'll finally sign the divorce papers. If, if, if you'll do that, if I go to this workshop with you, then I'll give you the divorce you want. And we still have that three out of four success rate, which is amazing. And so my passion, the way I became passionate about this is because first of all, I wouldn't be here on this earth if my parents didn't didn't get remarried and, and come back together. But then second of all is because I have seen the amazing things that have come from this work. And even in me being involved in the organization for the past six years, the thousands of families that we hear from who have had their marriage saved, their families come back together. I mean, every day is a huge passion and mission for us because we know what we're doing is making such a difference in the lives of so many people. So it's hard to not be so passionate about it. Yeah. Wow. That is incredible. Three out of four. I mean, I think that is far more effective than anything I've heard or as far as counseling even goes. Um, Do you mind sharing a little bit about the researchers behind the workshop? Like what sets you guys apart from some of these other alternatives? Yeah, which is a great question and one that people ask us all the time who are looking into that. So our workshop has come from this blend of scientific research that we have been doing, of course, not me personally, but our team that's here has been doing over the past 20 years, looking into the research of not just what makes a great marriage, but what makes a great relationship. And so we start looking at these things, but then we combine it with the experience we've had with over 250,000 people that have gone through courses or our workshops or the material that we have developed. So we're taking the scientific research, it, research, but we're matrix, matrixing it with real life experiences. Has this actually worked in the lives of real couples? I mean, that's the bottom line. Someone could do a research study all day and say, from this select 100 people that we worked with, this is what ended up happening. But if you try to extrapolate that into a different situation, it ends up having this negative effect. And so instead, we test it. We make sure it works before we ever teach it to anyone else. And so in this three days, we're we're not just teaching people about marriage, where it's not this frou-frou, hey, here's the 10 words you should say to each other every morning so that you move towards loving each other more. That's not the core issues that people are, are, are experiencing. We're getting down to, okay, why are you starting to resent your husband? Or, hey, what happened in the past for you that you may not even realize, but it's made you angry and you're taking that out on your spouse. And it's not done from a counseling perspective, which is actually what makes our workshop so effective. So in a counseling situation, you and your spouse are sitting on, on one couch and then you have the marriage counselor on the other side of the room. And one of the spouses or both is probably going to feel uncomfortable, defensive, not going to want to talk about things. It's just kind of this awkward environment because you're kind of put on the spot. 
Mm. And for some marriage situations that a couple is going through, counseling can be very effective. But the deeper that the problems go and the more issues there are between the husband and the wife and the deeper that resentment and that anger is going, the less likely counseling is really going to make a difference for it because one of the spouses is going to shut down during counseling and it's not going to get that end result that you hope. And so in the workshops that we do, it's very interactive. It's very, um, I would say the word fun because it's, there are times it's very humorous. It's very funny. It's engaging. It's in it. And it's a group environment on the, all three days. And so when you're there and you're hearing this information, you're not getting defensive. You're not feeling like you have to prove yourself because it's not like that. We're just teaching principles that work in any relationship, your marriage relationship, the relationship you have with your kids, the relationship you have with your parents. These are principles that apply across the board to having any good relationship. So People leave. I mean, we take people through all of this information and it's amazing the people who come in on Friday morning and the transformation that they make to, to Sunday evening. I mean, these sometimes the ones I love is when I see women come in who just have no self-esteem. They don't feel like they're beautiful. They don't smile. They're just so um, depressed about themselves. Like I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. That's the way they feel coming in the door. And by Sunday evening, they're, they're holding their shoulders up. They're smiling. Like their confidence level has visibly changed about the way they feel about themselves in 72 hours. And it is amazing how many people will come back weeks after, months after, contact us and say, that workshop changed my life. It saved my life. It, it made a difference in me. And it's those differences that are made in each person, the husband and the wife, that ultimately changes everything about the marriage. Wow. There's so much in there. And I, one thing I wanted to ask is you talked about the transformation that you see in the females of building their confidence and walking into almost becoming their true selves. But what about the men? What's the transformation that you typically see there? Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's similar to, so it's more likely that a woman's going to come in feeling that way about herself. But for the men, there's a lot of things uh, like relationships they've had in the past, either romantic relationships, or maybe it's a, a situation with their mom or their dad where their dad left them and they've been carrying that for so long and they've just beat themselves down and they don't have that good feeling about themselves. I mean, even in the three days for the men, just them seeing like, first of all, there's some things that happen to me that aren't my fault. Second of all, the people I've been angry at, I have this way forward now to understand how to forgive them, how to move past that. And the weight that comes off of their shoulders with that is, is huge. It's huge. And it happens equally. I mean, for both the men and for the women who come, the transformation for each of them is, is astounding but it's visually more prominent mm. in the woman when we can see them, like when they go from not smiling on Friday to having that huge, beautiful smile on Sunday. And it's just like, Oh, you are in your element. So I love seeing that. I love seeing it for both of them. And then seeing the couples when they come in on Friday and they're not talking, they're not touching, they're not even looking at each other. And by the time they leave on Sunday, they're holding hands, they're hugging, 
they're kissing. Like there's some couples who come and they are intimate. One of those nights that they're at the workshop for the first time in years. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Wow. You mentioned some principles that you teach. I don't expect you to share all of them because I don't want to give away your secret sauce, but what's a few of them that you kind of try to embed and really preach to these couples? Yeah. One of the things that we teach is this process that we've created called the love path. So we actually realize when we look into the, the research and we look into how these things work, that there's a process, a four-step process that if you follow, you're going to fall in love whether you mean to or not. And if you vacate or violate this process, then you can fall out of love whether you mean to or not. And there's four stages to this. So the first one is attraction. And that's, am I attracted to you? And there's more to that that I'm going to talk about more in just a minute. The second one is acceptance. So you can be attracted to a ton of people, but if you don't actually know those people, or if you do know those people, but you don't really accept who they are, maybe there's things about them that you don't like, you don't want to deal with, then you're not going to move into that second stage. So acceptance means I accept you flaws and all for who you are. And I want to continue a relationship with you, even though I know all that stuff about you. And that continues to happen throughout a relationship. So these continue to move. They're not completely static, but they're these four. So that's the second one is acceptance. The third one is attachment. So you've accepted who the person is now. What are the things you're going to do to continue to grow closer to each other during the relationship? And then the fourth one is aspiration. And this fourth stage is actually one that most couples never get to in their marriage, but it's the one that can take their intimacy to new heights because aspiration is all about what is the shared goals that we have as a couple. And when you start having shared goals together with your spouse, then there are things that what most couples fight about is because they're bored. They really, if you boil it down, they just don't know what to do next. There's the same old routine and they just get bored. But when couples start having a shared goal that they want to reach together, that they want to support each other in, then all of a sudden, the little fights that you have on a day-to-day basis, you can deal with. They don't matter as much because they really aren't getting you closer to that goal. And so you have those deeper levels of intimacy because you're connecting together. You don't have life isn't continuing to pull you away. You have something that's bringing you together when the kids are gone, when times go bad, whatever it is, it's going to keep moving you forward. So these are the four stages that we teach. And in those four stages, the first one, like I said, is attraction. And what we teach all the time about that is something called the pies. There's actually four types of attraction. Most people think I get it. It's physical. I need to go to the gym. I need to lose weight. I need to eat healthy. I don't need to hear any more about that, right? But there's actually three other types of attraction. So of course, there is the physical, but there's also intellectual attraction, there's emotional attraction, and there's spiritual attraction. And so we teach people about that, about what that means. And it is amazing how from just that, how many people's eyes are opened and they say, I had no idea that I needed to work on myself to make sure our marriage stayed on track and, and keep getting better. Right. Absolutely. Man. And I think what you said about the aspirations part, 
I think that's so important because some people are so focused on what they don't want to be. So for instance, I don't want to be like my dad. And then you harp on that for so long that you actually subconsciously become kind of like your father because you're not focused on who you want to become. So I think marriages can be like that too. Are there tools or ways that you encourage your couples to work on understanding what um, your shared goals are or what have you and your husband done that's been helpful? Wow. That's a good question because me and my husband are two totally different people. So we, I'm the kind of person who I want to be out and go and do stuff. And how can we have fun today? Like, let's do something that's fun, be around people. And my husband is like, let's spend time alone and go to a movie or go hiking. And so he is, we're just very different in, in those two ways. So when it started looking at these shared goals, we actually had a lot of things that we could not agree on. So the things I wanted to do, especially in our first two years of marriage, I said, you know, I am not going to be a a stay-at-home wife. I think there are definitely women who shine in that area. My sister is one of them. Like, it is a full-time job to be a stay-at-home wife. Absolutely. Absolutely is. But for me, you know, I have to get out of the house. Like I have to be going and doing something. And and that was, I didn't, we didn't really want kids in the first few years of our marriage. And so I wanted to be going out and doing stuff. And so, and my husband was like, okay, but if you work, like I want us to have a joint business together. And I was like, what? (laughs) What?" (laughs) First of all, when we got married, he was in the military. And so there was no way that he could do a joint business. So I was like, first of all, this is like years away from now. And I want to be working now. And second of all, we already fight all the time, like and we all the time. And so I'm not going to get into a business with you and then have to deal with that too. My husband and I, we talk about how with our two, we're both very stubborn. And so we're always butting heads. We figure it out. The conflict is healthy. We've figured out how to make it healthy over the eight years of marriage. But Like we're always going to disagree, but that's one of the great things about us. That's one of the great things I love that we're able to disagree, figure it out and move forward. But in this first few years of marriage, I'm like, no, I'm going to do what I want to do. And it's not that. And so we really have to figure out, okay, well, what was it he was really wanting? Like when he was saying, you know, well, I want us to work together. What was that core thing he was really wanting there? And the reality of it was he was thinking, I just... I don't want you to spend all your time away and then we grow apart because I'm doing this and you're doing that. And so I said, I wanted us to work together because I just, I didn't want something to pull us apart. So once we understand what each of us is wanting, like, okay, he's wanting to make sure we're not being pulled apart, but there's these other things in me that I need to have met. Like I want to build something. I want to go out and um, I'm a very competitive person. I want to win at things that I'm doing. And so once we figured that out, we compromise and realized, okay, I, I can work and make sure that I have good boundaries around my time. And you can have your alone time, you know, during the day when you get home from work is, and then once both of us have kind of unwound, then we're going to be intentional about spending that time together. And so making that a goal of every week, Three times a week, we're going to have dinner together, no matter what, and making sure that's something that's consistent. For a longer term goal, when we first started dating, one of the first things I said to him was, hey, I just got back from India. I was at an orphanage for a month. One day I'm going to adopt from there. Like, it was just going to happen. Wow. So he knew that. 
a plot. <laughs> and, and then it's just now started to come to fruition eight years later, where we always knew he was totally on board with it at the time. We both wanted to adopt. And so um, in this past year, it's finally this long-term goal that we've been working towards, that we've been saving for, that we've been planning for for eight years, finally got the right time. And so we were, since we both knew that was something we were working towards, when the opportunity came for it, it was, it was a no-brainer. We'd been working for this. So it's those things, you know, the next goal that we have is, you know, eventually we, we both want to, uh, we want to build our own house. We, we want to have more kids. And so we're working towards that family unit now. And that's, we're consistently making goals. Mm. There's, I know there's quite a few listeners here that are trying to start their own businesses or um, are in pretty high level or are aspiring to be there. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that, about being a woman who traditionally having your husband in the military, you'd be more of a stay at home wife or mom, but how that's been for you and how you guys have figured out ways to make it work. Cause I know you travel a lot and there's a, a lot of things that you just don't get to do. That's more traditional. How's that been for you? In the beginning parts of it. So when I first started really being, um, in a higher level at, at marriage helper and working towards growing it and building it and making it even bigger, the hardest part was actually that, that balance, because I felt so guilty in a way of saying like, I can't, there are some things at home I can't do anymore. And that eventually when I didn't talk about them with Rob would, it led to resentment because I felt like I had to do everything at work and everything at home. And I couldn't, I couldn't maintain that. I mean, I started going crazy. And so we had to have a talk and I came to him and said, Hey, look, I, cause I'm that woman who I'm like, I can do it all. Right. Mm -hmm. So having to ask him for help was huge for me. I didn't want to have to do it, but I did. And so that was kind of the first, the first thing to overcome. And then as the business starts growing and as we start doing more and as my time is needed even more in the business, um, that that next struggle to overcome really has been putting my husband first. And it's hard because being a woman in leadership or in business, it is different. I mean, we do have to fight against that stereotype and I hate to say it and I'm not the super feminist person. I'm really not, but we have to focus a lot on how we present ourselves, on how we dress, on how we talk, on how we do our face, facial expressions, on the words we say, because we want to be taken seriously. And I hate that we have to work against that. But on the other hand, it's like, fine, I'll do it. I'll do it with class and I'll do it better than the man. So we end up getting it done. And so when you're constantly focused on that, on that perception and building your own personal brand as a woman and as in the business that you're in and as the entrepreneur you are, it definitely takes focus away from your marriage. And, you know, it, that was the thing where I, I constantly, even now I have to reevaluate myself because I will easily stay at the office. If I'm not staying until six or seven o'clock at night, then I'll take it home and I'll continue working on working at home because I love what I do. And other entrepreneurial women, it's because we love what we do. We love making a difference. We love seeing the change in people because we have a heart for, for change and for doing things for others. And so 
it's really taking that time of saying, okay, even if I stop at 5 p.m. today and I keep those strong hours, it's I need this time with my husband because my husband is first. My relationship is first. My marriage, it has to be first because the last thing you want to do is sacrifice your family for this success that ultimately, if you lose your family for it, it's not going to matter to you. Well, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I have watched so many executives give up their life for their work and end up having just so much regret. Um, Feeding off of that, in your earlier years of being a part of Marriage Helper and then stepping into the CEO role, are there practicals or things that you wish you knew sooner and things that, you know, if you were looking at Kimberly a few years ago, like, are there things that you would tell yourself? So as a leader, the first thing I would tell myself is number one, you don't have to have all the answers right now. That has always been my biggest issue because I, I want to solve problems. I want to solve them now. I want things fixed and I want to move on to the next thing. And I actually, what I have found over the years is the more quickly I've tried to solve problems just so I could get them over with and move on to the next thing, the worst problems ended up being created. There's very little things in life that are actually an emergency. And I am first to say I'm the worst at, um, at believing that, but it's, it's true. And so taking those deep breaths and saying, you know what, I recognize that this is a problem and it needs to be fixed. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to get advice from other mentors surrounding yourself with mentors. I can't stress enough. So that's one of them. But that second part, what I was about to go into of you don't have to do it alone as you want to be successful. And as you want to build this amazing company, which is awesome and you should absolutely do it. You need to do it if that's what's on your heart. It's not going to be that you build it all and that's going to be the satisfaction. Like when you get to that top or to that end goal and you look back, it's not going to be that you've said, oh, I did all of that myself. What's actually going to take you further faster and make you even more successful is surrounding yourself with people who are smarter than you, who care about you, and who you can go to when you have an issue to help you think it through. That has been absolutely, I mean, game changer for me. I used to think I have to do it all. I have to do it all. I have to prove people I can do it. I want to be successful. I want to show to myself I can do it. And that's when I would stop, when I would hit this lid and I couldn't go any further because I was only depending on me. And when I said, you know what? It doesn't have to just be me. I'm, there are people smarter than me, which I knew. I just wanted to show myself that I was that I could do things. But when I really started taking advantage of that and, and saying, you know what, asking for help is stronger than trying to muscle through by myself, it made all the difference. So that's the advice I would give to people who are starting out with that leadership um, or building your own company is find that tribe of people who you can surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. And then as a wife, what I would have told myself eight years ago is you are not perfect. (laughs) I, it was very easy for me to look at a problem in my marriage and say, he's the problem. Mm -hmm. Like if he would just do this different, then things would be different. Or if he wouldn't have done that, or if he would change this, or if he would just help more. I mean, that would be 
that would be that talk, that self-talk that I would run through my mind whenever I would get angry about something. And it never once made a situation better. It every time made situations worse. And so when I actually started looking at myself and saying, you know, I did this wrong, or maybe I should have done this differently, or maybe I need to focus on my pies um, in, and focusing on myself physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, that's when I started to change. And that's when our marriage started to change because I'm the first to say, my husband and I will both say that our first three years of marriage were hell. Mm-hmm. Our first year, the one that people are like, oh, it's this honeymoon. I mean, that's what I was expecting going into it, this amazing honeymoon stage for a year. And in our first month of marriage, we moved across the continent to Korea. So we moved wow. from America wow. to South Korea. I had no friends. I had no family. Neither of us did. All we had was each other. And neither of us had been taught how to live like that, how to live together, how to live alone from everyone, how to not have a car in a different country or speak their language. And so there was a lot that we had to figure out, but we were both so stubborn. And I would just say, you know, if he would have done this differently or if he would do this differently or whatever. And so I was in this constant state of if he, if he would change, everything would be better. But once I realized it was me who needed to have a better attitude, who needed to work on myself, all of those things, I mean, everything changed, everything changed. So that's what I would tell myself going, going backwards, stop thinking so negatively about my marriage, about my husband, um, about me and start focusing on moving forward, being positive, making things better made a huge difference. Mm, yeah. This quote is always resonating with me that positive thoughts equals positive outcomes. And we so easily can just go on this hamster wheel of self-hatred and then just being this pity and yeah. uh, just how powerful it is to see hope and to move towards it. Thank you so much for sharing awesome. vulnerably in that. Cause I know some people can very easily just assume, oh, she runs marriage helper. She's got it all figured out. But to hear, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but to hear that you actually are human and have gone through it too, I think gives a lot of people probably a lot of peace and hope too. Absolutely. Absolutely. So where, like, what does the future hold for you guys? I know you guys have a, a slew of different products and workshops. Um, give our audience a little bit of an idea of what to look out for, but, or what else you guys even offer outside of the workshops? Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for bringing that up. So we have right now what's in store for marriage helper this coming year. um, We've had a lot of growth. And so this coming year, we're not releasing much new. There are some new things on the horizon that I'm not going to talk about yet, but we're really in this stage of, focusing on what we're doing and optimizing it to continue to make it the best. And so we have our workshops, which are amazing. And we have marriage coaching, which has been blowing up our phones. It's been something people are absolutely dying for. Our coaches are fantastic. And so the way our marriage coaching works is all of our coaches are certified in what we teach at Marriage Helper. So they teach our principles, things that work, the things that give this these couples the three out of four success rate. And then it's done from anywhere in the world. So you do it on your phone, over Skype, however you want to, to meet with your coach. And you can do it alone as an individual, or you can do it as a couple. And it's anything from, hey, we're about to get married, and we just want to make sure 
that we've talked about the things we need to talk about and that we're ready for that first year of marriage. What do we do? Our coaches can help with that all the way to, hey, we've been married for seven years. We're starting to grow apart. I'm just not happy anymore. We don't want this to turn into a lot more. What can we do? Or all the way to, you know, my husband had an affair. My wife had an affair and they're gone and I don't know how to get them back. We help with that as well. Affairs are our specialty, if you can say that. <laughs> but we, a lot of people who are in that marriage crisis where their spouse has had an affair or they've had an affair and they don't know what, what happens next. I mean, that is where we have an amazing amount of success in that very difficult situation that a lot of counselors or, or other places don't have as much success with. And it's because talking about vulnerability, the most, a lot of people on our team, that's been their story that they have an affair they left their wife or their husband, but they came back and made the marriage work and, or that's what their, their husband or their wife did and they made their marriage work. And so everyone on our team is so vulnerable, so open, so transparent about their story and everyone on our team, marriage helper has saved their marriage. And so it's, we have a team of people. If you, you can find out more about us on marriagehelper.com and you'll see a number there. And we literally have a team of people who are there to have a human interaction with you, to talk to you, to give you hope, to give you encouragement, to provide you and, and direct you towards the resources that you might need for your marriage. We have a YouTube channel that is exploding right now. We're doing a lot there as well. You can find that on YouTube and search for Marriage Helper and you can find that there. And yeah, so those are just some of the, some of the things we're doing and we're really focusing on making even better and growing even more right now. But the main thing we do at Marriage Helper, our mission is saving marriages and strengthening families. And the thing that we believe more than anything is there is always hope no matter what your situation is. I can't tell you the craziest of situations that I have seen saved. I mean, nothing, nothing shocks us. Nothing surprises us. And we love watching it happen for families. That's incredible. That's, it reminds me a lot of why I started Love and Timley as well, was finding myself at this place where everyone around me said they didn't believe in marriage anymore. And there was just this loss of, yeah hope. And, and it was because a lot of, they watched a lot of their parents go through adversity in their marriage and they didn't want that to repeat. Yeah. Um, and so I just really believe in redemption and restoration when it comes to love and relationships and families, which I know that you guys have a huge part for. So that really resonates with me. Um, something that you mentioned earlier was that, so you have about three out of four couples that go through your workshops are able to restore their marriage. Is yeah. there something in the one out of four um, that sets them apart as to why it doesn't work for them? That's a good question that I don't know that I have an answer to. So if I were to look back at all the couples that I know uh, who have gone through it, I don't know that there's a differentiating factor that I can tell about from their story or from their demeanor. But what I have found is that it's the people who are able to forgive themselves and other people. And once that forgiveness happens, it's easier to restore anything. So like you were talking about earlier with that, um, you know, harboring positivity creates positivity. The same goes with, if you just keep harboring negative emotions towards other people, 
if you keep holding grudges, if you keep never letting something go, you're never going to move past it. And so what I see, not just with the couples in our workshop, but the people I know who have divorced, it's that they have been unable to forgive and let something go. They just, they have this reason that they want to hold on to it. And that forgiveness, I mean, even just individually, it sets you free as a person, personally, in such a way that is so freeing. It's, it changes everything when you're able to forgive. And then not just for you, but once you're able to forgive something else, someone else, the way that that can change your relationship so that you're able to move forward without having to be stuck in the past. I mean, that's huge. So I think that's a part of it that makes a lot of difference. Mm, that's incredible. And I absolutely believe that how harboring unforgiveness just harbors more toxic, toxicity, for lack of better words, in your relationship. Um, okay, so we'll wrap up here. But the last question that I love to ask all of my guests is, what does it mean to you to love intently? Ooh, I wonder if you prepped me for that one. <laughs> you know, gosh, that's a good question. Being intentional in my marriage with my husband to me means that I am going to do the things for him that I know he loves and appreciates that I either don't want to do or wouldn't naturally think of doing. It's a very selfless type of love. Like, this is a silly example, but... I'm going to choose to go to bed with him at 8.30 because he's an old man (laughs) when I really don't want to go to sleep until 11 o'clock because I know it means a lot to him to fall asleep next to me. So it's little things like that throughout the day. I know that he loves hot wings. I know that, you know, so I'm going to bring some home or whatever that is. But even in those little moments, that leads to whenever there's a big thing of, I know there's something I need to tell him that's really hard for me to say to him, but selflessly I need to, because even though he's going to be angry at me and I just don't want to face that anger, it's what's better for our relationship. It's what's, what's better for him. So when the big things come, it makes it easier. So it's, it's huge. Loving intently and being intentional about that is absolutely huge. Thank you so much for sharing. And it was such an honor and privilege to be able to talk with you and hear more about Marriage Helper. And I'm so excited to share this with their audience. So thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you, Sophie. I appreciate it. And I want to just acknowledge you for all the work that you do. I know that you've transformed so many people's lives. And I think about the children that are in these families and, and the lives that they get to live now. I mean, three out of four, that is huge. And just... I have so many friends that are still harboring so much hurt from their parents' divorces. And so hearing just the things that you guys are doing gives me so much hope. And so thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. Check out our show notes for links to everything that we mentioned and be sure to subscribe and share with friends. Also, join our incredible community on Instagram at lovedoutintently with 43,000 others. On our next episode, we have Lynette Sine and Corey Ferruja. Lynette is an influencer and YouTube personality with Ipsy Cosmetics, and Corey is an incredible musician and entrepreneur, among many other things. 
They are both crazy talented and they share how they make it work through all of the pressures of the entertainment industry. They talk through their experience of having a video go viral on the Ant Project with over 2 million views and how they navigated the criticism that came from it. They're vulnerable, honest, and insanely wise. They never claim to be perfect, but they're always learning, which is one of the things that I love most about them. In fact, our conversation went on so long that I decided to split it into two episodes because it's just jam-packed with good wisdom and heart and truth that I could not resist to just share with you. So this is one you probably don't want to miss. Lastly, if you want to support us, we set up a Patreon at patreon.com backslash loveintently. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com a platform where you can give as little as a dollar a month to help us offset the overhead costs behind starting a podcast. It would really mean the world and allow us to continue delivering the best stories. Until next time, with love and intention.